0: Welcome to Parramatta Baptist Church online. If you're new to our community, my name is Stephen Bates. Welcome. Over the last two months, we've been looking at a series about what it means to be salt and light in our world. Jesus said to his disciples, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. And these two metaphors, this one of salt and light, uh, was so rich in meaning in the ancient world. Salt was a precious commodity, highly valued, not only for the flavour that it would add to food, but also its preserving qualities in an era before refrigeration. As for light, they were dependent really upon sunshine, and so this concept of light became associated with truth and beauty, being able to see truth, being able to see beauty. And Jesus says to us, this is your identity. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are the ones who live out lives of truth and beauty, people who are attractive and distinctive, drawing people to the truth and the beauty of God's kingdom. Now, Jesus lived this perfectly, and over these eight weeks, we have spoken about the way in which Jesus did this. We spoke about his relationship with his father, his love for his father, but also his love and his compassion for all people. We spoke about Jesus' spiritual authority with which he spoke and the deep convictions that he held and the fact that everything that he did and everything that he said was with absolute integrity. Last week, Travis spoke about how Jesus calls us to unity, a deep engagement with one another. And Jesus' first disciples sought to live this out as well, and so should we. When Jesus told his disciples that all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. When he said these words, the disciples understood that they went not just with the message of Jesus Christ, but they went with the identity of being salt and light to the world. Jesus' disciples, including us, are called to be salt and light. As we go about our everyday lives, as we go to the places that We would normally go to, or perhaps used to go to, before the restrictions came in. Where are our sent places? Where has God got us? Who are the people that God has sent us to? And who are the people there who are drawn to the kingdom of God, who listen to us, who are interested in our faith, the people of peace, who are they? Our original idea for the end of this series was that at each service, we would have people from each service coming and sharing the way in which they are being salt and light in their sent places. Now, as has happened for many things, COVID-19 has caused us to rethink how we would do this. And so today, you are going to hear from seven people. They come from across the three congregations, and they're going to share with us how they live out being salt and light in their sent places. Enjoy.
1: My name is Jenny. I am a high school teacher in Sydney's state system I'm, and I'm head of a department.
2: Hi, I am Stacey and my sent place is uh, my preschool. Um, it's a Christian
3: preschool.
4: Hello, my name is Joel. Uh, my sent place is my work place at Atlassian.
3: So hi, my name is Caitlin and my sent place is I normally go to school at William Clark College. Um, And even though this is a Christian school, I have many non-Christian friends who don't know God yet. So, yeah.
5: My name's Andrew, and my ascent place is the school where I work. Uh, I'm a primary teacher for little kids.
6: Uh, My name is Victoria, and my ascent place is a local mechanical
7: workshop. Hi everyone, my name is Daniel. I go to the evening service at Paramount Baptist, if you don't know me. My two cent places are the two public primary schools that I work at.
3: The ways I've been seeking to be salt and light um, at school are just like being positive um, and reminding um, my friends um, of God's truths and His promises. Um,
6: I think I recognise that I am salt and light in my workshop and so I've made the deliberate decision um, to be uh speaking a blessing in every car that I sit into for test driving, um, of safety. And then I ask the Lord uh, for a way to be praying um, for that person, for maybe even a word um, that I could share uh, with that person when they come to pick up the car later on.
5: The school that I work in is a, a grammar school, which means that we have links to the Anglican Church, but the families that come to our school and the kids that come through our gates are not from Christian families themselves. Um, they're there for a, uh, the academic side of things, but that gives us the opportunity to be able to share faith with them uh, openly and freely within the school. Um, I try to be salt and light in that environment by um, sharing my faith with the students that are in my care. Uh, we pray, we do Bible stories, we um, talk about the application of, of God in our lives and that sort of thing. All, it's just freely
1: done. Over the six years that I've been employed at this school. I've had a lot of opportunities to talk individually with staff. I've been open about my faith and I've taken over the voluntary role of caring for the SRE program that comes in on a Tuesday and established a prayer meeting that meets every Tuesday morning.
4: At my workplace, uh, the main ways I seek to be salt and light is to always be honest and truthful even when it's not in my best interest for myself, because I'm there to love and serve the people and the company I work for. So even if, even a day where I start to look for other opportunities, I will be open with that with my workmates and with my manager before I start to do anything about it. And people have said, I'm dumb and crazy to do that because that might hurt myself. And I say, but I'm here to serve you. So the best way I can love them is to be honest about what my intentions are.
2: I'm able to be salt and light at my preschool in the way that I am building relationships with our families, with my children, um, but also with uh, my co-workers. Not everyone's a Christian, even though it is a Christian preschool.
7: I am really lucky um, in my two schools in that part of my job description is to be a blessing and to be salt and light. Um, they wouldn't call it that, but um, I get to do pastoral care. I'm a chaplain at one school and a community wellbeing officer at the other school. And so I've got way, many, many ways that I can um, be salt and light. I have got this amazing open door um, at one school where I get to lead morning assembly. And so I've been given free rein to speak hope and um, joy Um, and peace into our whole school community which is a great honour. I also um, get to bless our staff members. I um, often check in at the end of the day to see how they're going, to hear their frustrations, um, to be someone who again can be that sort of light um, in their situation
1: Around opportunities of being salt and light in the high school, I've had numerous occasions when staff members who are really going through hardship have um, sought me out. I've found them waiting for me in the staff room and I think what um, has occurred during those events is that they're really seeking God and so they look for the person who is representing him. I've also had the opportunity to look after the SRE program and help um, support these people by providing my room and looking after the roles and advocating for them, and, um, and setting up prayer meetings throughout the school, and this um, one that takes place every Tuesday morning has been a way that I can be salt and light in the school.
6: I feel very blessed um, in my workshop to have a uh, Christian uh, boss. and. We pray uh, each morning. Uh, we actually speak a declaration over the workshop uh, and dedicate it to the Lord and ask for his blessing every day uh, that we would be um, the salt and light in
3: this area um, for the glory of Jesus' name. Some of the responses I get, they're a bit varied. So some of my friends are already Christian um, and, yeah, they really um, like me doing that. And then some... Um, They get a bit defensive um, of why they're not Christian. Um, And so I think I'm learning to not worry about people who are already close-minded and find the people of peace, yeah.
4: One thing that was really hard for me in the beginning when I felt called uh, to be a disciple in my workplace was to really live out what was on the inside. It was hard to change my behaviour from what I had previously done so then I decided, when I, after I got a few t- t-shirts, this is one of them, I decided I will ha- wear them to work, even when it says a really clear cl- Christian message. Because if it, if if I show it on the uns- outside, what is on the inside, it's hard to hide. I lower the bar for actually saying uh, what I want to say to people when I also show it on the outside. And it, I thought it would start more good conversations just by people seeing the message, but actually very few people actually comment comment on it, except this one. Fear is a liar. I get comments all the time.
1: Some of the difficulties that I face, uh, in particular when I put my hand up and said that I would take over managing the SRE uh, program, the principal said to me, that's a career-limiting move, Jenny. And uh, that didn't feel good, but I was clear to him that I was a practicing Christian and that I was moving ahead with that
2: suppose there aren't really any limitations apart from the fact that I get self-conscious. So I am my limitation. Um,
7: I've found my job description has sort of changed dramatically. I usually spend most of my day with working with students and because 90% of them aren't at school anymore, um, that sort of impacted my ability to do face-to-face pastoral care. Um, So now I get this amazing opportunity to actually ring families and check in and see how they're coping, both um, financially, but also just emotionally and with all the stress of having kids at home all the time. And I know parents are nodding. Yes, that's crazy. Um, And so I'm really looking forward to the ways that God's going to use this um, for me to be able to bless and encourage um, and be light um, to these families.
2: Yeah, COVID-19 has um, really brought a lot of um, changes to our service, just with the fact that lots of families are choosing to keep their children away. Um, Our education is all about relationships and hands-on learning, so that's changing how I can witness to our families. Um, So we're looking for more opportunities to email, make phone calls, and connect through videos Um, to be able to witness with them. But I have also had opportunities to chat with families about what it means um, to be salt and light at this time.
5: One of the other opportunities that I have had recently was to start a program with the parents within the school to read the Bible. Um, Being a school and an organisation, there's a lot of hoops to jump through and things to organise when you start anything like that. Um, but after we were able to get approval and all the right people on board, uh, we were just about to launch it when COVID-19 hit and then that put all of our co-curriculars and everything on hold within the school, um, which was really disappointing. It was something I was really excited to get off the ground, uh, but now we just have to wait it out really and then try to launch it once it's all finished.
2: I've actually been convicted to pray um for my sent place since the beginning of this series. um, I've actually realised that I don't probably pray for it enough and there are really specific ways I can pray for those relationships and for the way that I witness to others.
7: So the things that I'm really praying for my school community are Um, that God's peace would be over them. I often pray for his favour and his blessing um, and that students would know their true value, Um, but now it's focused much more around this idea of peace and also unity, um, that the distance and the separation that a lot of students um, are facing, um, that they wouldn't feel alone and isolated, that we would know that we are still one community.
4: So when I pray for my my workmates and my and my the company I work for, one thing that is very common there is imposter syndrome that people th- feel that they are not good enough. So one way that I, when I pray for them is that people will get freed from this obligation of being perfect, that they would f- see them and feel the grace of God in that what they are is good enough. When I pray for myself and how I can be of service at my workplace, the main thing I pray for now since we started this salt and light campaign and before as well is not to only pray and target those uh, that I like people that I get, I get along with well but that I would uh, be able to be there for those that actually are in need and those that seek uh, so my attention is not only given to where, where I'm comfortable.
1: I've been praying for my sent place with casual teachers that have come in, because for a long time I was the only Christian on staff, at least the only Christian that made it clear. And uh, But I've had a few casuals in the school that have been devote, devoted Christians and they have prayed with me and we've been praying that God would send more Christians into the school. And with this new principal who is now indicating that he is a church attender, and um, the increase of Christians full time on staff, we've seen incredible um, blessings from God through our times of prayer.
3: Um, so some things that I pray about for my sent pr- place, um, uh, I pray for my friend, um, and that she'll be willing and want to read the Bible with me each week. Um, I pray for like anyone else, um, that like might possibly want to read the Bible, and just that I'll be able to notice notice that, um, and also myself, that I'll have like the wisdom and knowledge to be able to answer any questions that anyone has. Yeah.
7: So I'm really lucky with having multiple people of pieces um, in my school communities. Both my principals are super on board with me being um, a member of their staff, and they give me incredible privileges and access um, to yeah be who I am, who God's created me to be. Um, But, yeah, to be that light and salt and that encouragement to our communities. I also find that the office ladies are amazing. Um, I come with an idea and they make it happen. Um, And, yeah, they're open for me to pray for them. And, yeah, it's just been amazing um, to find these people of peace in my schools.
3: Um, So my person of peace is one of my friends from school. So she's not Christian um, and I recently asked her if she would like to read the Bible with me? And she said yes. Um, So every Tuesday um, afternoon at the bus stop, uh, we read a devotional together. And that's been uh, really cool, yeah, to just see her be open to the idea of Christianity. Because of COVID-19, school is now cancelled. So that makes it a bit harder to meet with my person of peace. So um, instead, I've decided to um, send her um, a little Bible verse each day, day, like the day that we normally do a devotional on, and then send a little message with that as well, and then just throughout the week, um, continuing to pray for her. Yeah. Uh,
2: I have a person of peace at my service. Um, we've just been able to have really open and honest conversations um, about life, about my faith, church, um, my small groups, and also what it's meant um, or differences we have as uh, she's grown up in a Catholic family.
4: When I heard this personal peace message, then I realized that the people I had uh, had targeted before were people I saw had much influence, and I hoped that if I target those with influence, a- and then that would spread. But I realized that most of the time they are uh, full, I wouldn't say full of themselves, but... Many people with a lot of influence are not seekers anymore. They have found what is right and try to push that around. So when I found one of when then I realized that one of my workmates he always seeks really to listen and not only to get confirmation, but he seeks to listen to uh to you in a way that others don't. And his main difference uh from others how he behaves is that he actually uh listens to you. And give you feedback on how you behave towards what you have said and the same thing, he expects that back and in that way you can always share what, what is really in your heart with him and why you're doing certain things and he listens and picks, picks that up instead of just trying to be right.
1: I have a woman of peace that sits in my staff room from my faculty and I can talk about things of the Lord with her and she's comfortable and listening and receiving this information. Recently, one of the Christians in the school was in my staff room and I said to him, how did you become a Christian when all of your family are atheists? And then I asked permission of the woman of peace in my staff room if we could talk about God things while she worked, she was fine with that. And so he opened up his phone and he read to me his testimony with her listening as she worked. And as he shared funny bits, she would have a laugh. And I knew that she was hearing his testimony and hearing about God, and I felt, this is great. She's learning about God from someone who's her age, not just from me. And it was really powerful.
5: My person of peace is a lady who used to work at the school. she had come from a faith and uh, she, when she was much younger she had a faith but then has walked away from that um, over the recent years. Uh, she's since retired and um, and I just sense that she's the one that I should be talking to. I know that we had discussions about um, how we can share the Bible with people that we know and my first thought was I can do this at school with the parents but then after that when we started talking about person of peace and somebody that we relate to well she just kept coming to my mind all the time and I've just been thinking about her and knowing that that she's somebody that I really could could share this with and talk about
6: yes yeah, so I have a person of peace uh, who regularly visits uh, our workshop he's a delivery driver his name is Mark and uh, he is a wonderful man who is searching um, And we know that because he just keeps asking spiritual questions uh, and he's just really interested, Um, particularly with COVID-19 happening. um, Last year, we had the opportunity to pray for his breathing um, and he's just reflected to us lately, um, you know, how he feels like. We knew something was coming that we would pray for his breathing, uh, and it has just really fueled his questioning um, about God and um, blessing and, and and who he is and who God is. Yeah, last last week I was speaking to Mark um, about the prayer that uh, over his breathing, and uh, and I just said to him, you know, Mark, I feel like the Lord is pursuing you. And, uh, and he kind of laughed and he said, oh, I hope not, you know, I, I prefer if he lets me pursue him. And I just said to him, you know, Mark, he's been waiting for you um, for a lot of years now. And I think he's put us in your life um, because uh, now's the time. Um, now's the time to know him.
0: I really appreciated each of those stories and I feel very encouraged again uh, hearing them. Thank you so much for sharing them with us. Uh, There was somebody else who sent us an email. They would have done this live, uh, but given that it was being recorded, were unable to do so. Her sent place is her work with child protection. And for her, there was a very clear sense that God was calling her to this. She writes this. She says, even when I became crushed from carrying the burden of children's abusive experiences, God has always called me back. And she shared how she is seeking to be salt and light in that context, in her place. She writes how she hopes to live out God's hope and love and grace for these children and also to embody God's love and grace and hope to her colleagues. We know that COVID-19 has brought so many changes and so many challenges to each one of us. But our identity of being salt and light remains unchanged. We just need to rethink how we live that out. And in some ways, this season gives us more opportunity to be salt and light in different places. I just wanna give a a shout out. We have volunteers who every Sunday serve lunch in Prince Alfred Park to the homeless. COVID-19 has meant that serving this lunch has become more complicated, more time consuming and it's also meant that there are less volunteers who have been able to or willing to participate in, in the provision of the food. But with all of those challenges, they continue to do so. They have rethought how they would serve the lunch, what precautions need to be taken. And as they have done so, for me, it's actually a greater witness of God's love and his care for all people, even those who often society overlooks, those who are homeless, those who are on the margins. So thank you. As we finish this series and as we look forward to Easter next week, I just want to remind us of some questions that are good for us to ask. Questions around the the big question, where are the places that God has called us to be salt and light? How do we pray into those places? And how do we actually embody salt and light in those places? And who are the people that you sense God would have you draw alongside of to share your own faith, to engage in conversation, people who listen and who are drawn to God's kingdom? We would love to hear your stories as well. If you have a story that you would love to share with us about being salt and light in your sent place, give us a call, send us an SMS or an email. We would love to hear from you. God bless.